Welcome to the Revolutionary Insights Podcast number 29, The Truth About Racism. You can find the uh, article that this is based on uh, on the revolutionaryinsights.com websites under the Political Insights uh, tab at the top of the, uh, top of the page. Uh, don't forget to also have other podcasts on there you can search through. Uh, I have the books, the uh, Inside the House of David, which is a commentary in 2 Samuel, is the newest one. It looks great. I just got it in uh, today, the, uh, the final version of it. So uh, it's available. You can order it off of my website, off of Amazon, off of uh, uh, out of Barnes & Noble, uh, any of those places. Also, the, uh, the book, Where's the Party? Where's the Party? Now, speaking of which, I've got some, a little bit of news to share on that. Uh, the Standing for Freedom Center used to be known as the Falkirk Center that uh, is located on the campus of Liberty University. Uh, they have uh, they interviewed me in a video cast, and I'm not sure when it's going to be airing. Maybe next week, but as soon as I find that information out, I will uh, I'll post it, and also I'll share the uh, the video on my website where I talk about where I'm interviewed and I talk about the the book uh, Where's the Party, which is where do the parties stand in relation to the Ten Commandments. If you are interested in anything that I'm talking about, uh, and even today's subject. You know, the, there's the, a lot of the truth is going to be contained right there in that book, Where's the Party? Because it shows where the parties stand in relation to, to God's Word. Also, the book Prickett's Fort, which is a historical novel uh, that I wrote some years ago. Uh, that book is also available on uh, RevolutionaryInsights.com. Uh, you can subscribe to the newsletter um, that I uh, put out about every two months. It might come up a little bit sooner now. Uh, that things are starting to happen. Plus, we are working on starting a nonprofit, and uh, I'll keep you up to date on that as we continue to move forward. Also, don't forget I have a Facebook page, which is facebook.com uh, slash billhawkins.revolutionaryinsights. Uh, uh, so anyway, there you go, a little bit of the background for, for what we're doing here. So let's go, let me go ahead and get into the, uh, the truth about racism. Now, anybody who either reads the post that I put on the RevolutionaryInsights.com website or listens to this podcast, they know that the left creates myths about what Christian conservatives believe or Christians believe or what conservatives believe or Republicans believe. They create these myths, like myths, for example, like the Democrats are the poor, Republicans are for the rich, or that uh, Democrats are actually more intelligent than Republicans because they're more educated. Uh, those myths were just, I just busted the last, that the one I just mentioned uh, last week. Um, but those myths are busted along with several others. And today we're going to be talking about another mess, uh, a myth, uh, because the left passes all this off as truth. They don't, they don't uh, listen to what the Republicans say or the conservatives say. They just listen. I'm talking about the rank and file that, uh, that follows the the party line, the Democrats, they just listen to what the Democrats tell them we believe, which isn't true. So we're going to talk about that. So the leftist lie now is that we're all racist and they're all white supremacist. Uh, they're pushing something known as critical race theory, which teaches that everyone is a racist, and uh, even if they're not consciously aware of it. Now, conveniently, what that means is that the white race is the worst of the racist because we have victimized, continue to victimize people based on the color of their skin. At least that's what the left says. Uh, the left tries to say that whites believe they're a superior race. They call us white supremacists. 
and that uh, because that's that's how we justify the white race from keeping other races from achieving. So that's why they say that the whites are holding the blacks down or holding the Asians down or Hispanics down or whatever else, uh, ethnic groups as well as races, since they don't seem to know the difference. Um, now, they do so, according to the left, whites must be discriminated against, as they call it, to level the playing field. Therefore, the left's plan to fight racism is by using racism. Now, let me repeat that. That's what the left plan is. The left, who says that we're racist, uh, the way they, would, they say we need to combat, combat racism is by fighting racism with racism. Don't forget, Coca-Cola came out and said that, you know, they need to teach their employees how to be less white. Less white? What's got to do with skin color? Uh, I just got through seeing a little, a little few minutes ago, actually, that the, the mayor of New, uh, excuse not New York, the mayor of Chicago, said she will open herself to interviews again, but this time only with black or brown uh, journalists. No white journalists will be allowed to talk to her. That's racism. Those type of things are racism. There's plenty of other examples I can give you, but... You know, if you are a uh, conservative, if you know what's going on out there, you see that. You know, the idea is that they've got to somehow suppress the white race. We're going to get to that in a minute here. We're going to get to the reason why they do that. But one of the differences between the left and the right is a little something called truth. The right believes in truth, and that truth is found in God. Now, since the left either denies God outright or at least denies the power of God, then they do not believe in truth and they claim that truth is relative to the situation, which always kind of puzzles me. How can they then say that they're right when they don't believe in truth? They can't say they're right because they don't believe in truth. How, do they, how can they say I'm wrong if they don't believe in truth? Also, if it's up to the individual, they can't. Yet they do it all the time anyway. It just shows another one of the ways that they are hypocrites and that they, they, they're, what they believe, what they talk about, doesn't even make logical sense. So anyway... Let's look at the truth about what conservatives believe when it comes to race. Here's a question. Which race did God say is superior to all other races? The answer is God does not place one race over another. Okay, let me ask another question. Which race did Jesus Christ die for? Well, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let me repeat that. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus died for the human race, not a race based on skin color. So is the white race superior? <laughs> Think about that. I thought about that. Is the white way, If we're superior, in what ways are we superior? Personally, I can't think of anything the white race is superior on, to be honest with you. Um, now, does that bother me? No. My, first off, my identity is not based on my race. I've seen some people say, are you proud to be white? Well, I'm not saying I'm proud to be white. I'm, I'm, I'm happy I'm white. I'm glad I'm white. But, you know, I don't base my value on my race. That's one thing. Uh, I just happen to be white. I didn't choose that, just like anybody else did not choose what race they were born. This is who we are, so this is how we better learn how to live our lives as best as we can. But we're going to see it's really not going to be about race here. Um, so anyway, they, as I'm talking about this, the white race, like I said, I can't find any way they're superior. It doesn't bother me because it's not about race. Matter of fact, let me tell you a story here. 
I was, uh, when I was in the high school, I think I was going to be the beginning of my, I think it was my sophomore year. And uh, I decided, I thought I was pretty fast. I thought I was a fast runner. So I decided I was going to go off the track team. And uh, so there I go. I go off the track team. And so what happened was the coach, he was uh, sitting in a chair and he had a clipboard and uh, the the uh, all the athletes, they would walk up to the coach. And what I was noticing was they were supposed to were supposed to walk up and tell the coach what we wanted to do. And so we could either be, you know, sprint, we could be a distance runner, we could be a, a field athlete shot put or discus or something like that. And so that's what the, the people were doing. Now, they would go up and they would give their choice. Now, I noticed sometimes the coach would look up and he would tell the people where to go. So it came my turn. And uh, I was very shy and everything. And I walked up there and, and uh, looked down at the coach. And I said, uh, I said, sprint. And he looked at me and he said, distance. And I said, I want to go out for sprint. And he said, distance and he pointed and said go over there with that group of guys so I turned around and looked over and I thought do I argue and I didn't want to argue in front of everybody because I'll you know this guy is the coach you know he respect the coach so I look over the group of guys he pointed to it was a bunch of white guys over there and then I looked back at the uh, uh at the sprint people and it was nothing but black guys and I'm thinking well he wants me to go over there because I'm a white guy and so I walked over there uh, and I'd want to be with a sprint team, and but I looked and they were all black, and I looked where I was and they were all white. So was that racist? Well, you know, it probably was. Did it bother me? No. It kind of upset me a little bit that he didn't listen to what I said, but I thought, okay, here's what I'll do. I thought, well, this is the first day of practice, so the distance can't be that bad. Maybe going to run a mile or two, and then that's it, so that'll be fine. I can handle a mile at least, especially a mile. Maybe two if I have to. It's the first day of practice. It can't be too bad. I'll just go ahead and, and uh, go with the, uh, the the distance team, and then after the uh, practice, I'll just go over to talk to the coach and say, Coach, I really want to be the sprint team. So we're standing there. And the lead guy, he says, okay, guys, he said, here's what we're going to do today. He said, we're going to do this seven-mile loop. And my eyes bugged out, and I thought to myself, seven miles? I, mean, I can maybe do a mile or two, but seven miles? And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, what do I do? Do I go and talk to the coach now? And then the guy explained what the seven-mile loop was. He said, we're going to run up Oleander Avenue. We're going to get to Virginia Avenue. We're going to go left, take a go uh, down in Virginia Avenue, get back to 25th Street, take a left, go back 20, down 25th Street. And I thought to myself, well, I live just on the side of Virginia Avenue, so why don't I just, uh, I thought I'll just run home, <laughs> you know? I'm not going to run a seven-mile loop. I'm not going to be with the distance team, so I'll just run home. And as I did, as I started doing that, I took off running. I wasn't worried about being in front or anything because I was, you know, my goal was to run home. So I ran up Oleander Avenue. I got to Virginia Avenue. I took a left, ran up Virginia Avenue till I got to, I think it was 27th or 28th Street, maybe 29th. And, uh, well, maybe it was even less than that. Can't think of it. Maybe it was 21st Street. Whichever one it was, didn't matter. Uh, I didn't have to go all the way to 25th Street because it was a shortcut. So I took took a right and went up uh, 21st Street instead of taking a left on 25th. And I ran up till I got to the street I lived on, Ormond Avenue, and I ran straight home. 
I got there. I, uh, my sister was there. She was visiting in from, uh, uh, she'd been stationed in uh, Hawaii and then in uh, Washington. So she was there, and I, said, I asked her, I said, hey, would you take me, uh, take me down to the, to the uh, back to school? And she says, when do you go back to school for us? Well, I need to pick up my clothes, my gym clothes, uh, my street clothes, really, because I was in my gym clothes. I said, I need to pick up my clothes. And I explained to her that I was going to go off the track team, but decided not to, so just go get my stuff. And that was into my track career. Now, I could have gotten mad. I could have said that was racist and everything. But to be quite honest with you, you know, I understood that. You know, the blacks were usually faster than the whites were. The whites were good at sometimes, you know, at distance. Uh, there's some whites that are good fast runners, but not all of us were. And actually, it, Coach probably saved me some uh, some shame because, you know, I probably wouldn't have been able to hold my own with those those other guys. So uh, it's probably a good thing that happened. I didn't get mad about it. That's the whole point. That's the whole point because there are differences in the races, and that's just it. There are differences in the races. It's a matter of fact and not opinion. So does the... And by the way, speaking of which, speaking of this this thing about that, about the right, white race being superior or not, or whatever, I don't can't think of a reason one area where we're superior in. Again, again, it's not about skin color. It's about the content of a person's character. That's how we should see people, not by based on their skin color and judge them that way, but find out what kind of person they are, you know, learn who they are, and then judge them that way. Um, so anyway, does the fact that there are differences between the races mean that one race is justified in holding the other races in contempt? No, because a difference in the races does not constitute superiority overall. For example, the top 10 fastest times ever in the 100-meter dash are all held by men of the black race. IQ tests, what about that? IQ tests routinely measure the Asian race higher than the whites or the blacks. Uh, and those are facts, you know, that, and those facts don't make us victims. That just means that we're all human, for one thing. And by the way, if you want to see where I, I've got those cited, where I found that information, go to revolutionaryinsights.com, find the article under Political Insights, and there you'll see it. So should the races be forced to intermingle? No, simply because no one should be forced to do anything besides not harm other people. We can't do that, and there's every right to force somebody not to harm somebody else. Uh, but because one reason is because force, it only creates resentment and resistance. So it doesn't work. And when they're trying to do it, that's what, and they're, by the way, they don't mind. The left doesn't mind we, uh creating this resentment and this resistance. That's exactly what they want to happen because this is not about race, and we'll get to that here in a second. So there's a question that no one is asking in America out of fear of retribution from the left who's trying to silence anyone who disagrees with their dangerous opinions. And here's a question. Here's a question that I, I haven't even heard this question asked. So I'm going to ask this question, and the question is this. Do Americans have the right to be racist? Do you have the right to be a racist? What do you think the answer to that question is? Do you have the right to be a racist? Well, it comes down to freedom of thought. In America, we're supposed to have freedom of thought, meaning Americans have the right to be racist. However, that doesn't mean that a person's racism gives them a right to hurt another 
or that our government can build racism into its laws and discriminate against someone based on the color of their skin. Now, they're doing that. They've been doing that uh, for, for years, actually. Uh, one way is called affirmative action. Uh, and they're starting to do that even more as they start to turn against the, uh, the white race. But we'll see, again, why they're doing it. It's not because of racism. We're going to see why they're doing that here in a second. Um, so, the, uh, think about this way also. Can you legislate thought? Now, to do so is what historically leads to gulags and concentration camps as was found in socialist countries like the old Soviet Union and Nazi Germany, who were both socialist countries. Soviet Union under the, the socialism of communism and Nazi Germany under the socialism of fascism. So why is the left so fixated on race and working so hard to divide us as a people? Their attempts to fight racism with racism, well, that's doomed to failure. However, the mere fact that they're using racism to fight racism defines them as racist. The left is the racist here. So then, what's the truth? If they themselves are dividing us based on skin color and discriminated against the white people, then that makes them racist. Therefore, it can reasonably be assumed that their objective is not to end racism, but to put an end to something else entirely. Now, what could that be? What it is, why, why is it that you think that the left is trying to divide us so as they've been doing it, and they blame it on Trump. They blame it on Trump back when Trump was around. They're, they're continuing to divide us. There's, there's a reason for that. And it's not racism. It's, it's, they're using racism to do it. It's the old battle strategy of divide and conquer. Divide people by race, the name of racism, and then blame one race for all the problems, whether real or not, that the other races face. So why is it that the left is vilifying the white race when the left leadership is made up mainly of the white race? So what part of the white race is the left vilifying and discriminating against? The left is attacking conservatives, even if they're black or Hispanic. Just ask Candace Owens or maybe Ben Carson, Larry Elder. How about Justice Clarence Thomas or any other black person who doesn't toe the party line or Hispanic person, you know? Uh, remember what the, the guy that had, I think it was Goya Foods, you know, as soon as he came out for Trump, now he's Hispanic, the largest Hispanic uh, food distributor in America. And as soon as he came out for Trump, what the left do? They tried to silence him. They tried to vilify him. They went on boycotts. And this man was Hispanic. You know, it's not about race. It's about their political beliefs. They're attacking people based on political beliefs and silencing them. That's what the attempt is. Other times, like I said, they did that. It was the Soviet Union and it was Nazi Germany. It was called gulags and it was called uh, the uh, concentration camps. That's where they started sending people. Uh, and that's something that is facing people in America today because, in particular, they're attacking Christians despite their race. The left attacks black Christians, Hispanic Christians, or anyone who dares stand for the traditional moral values of our country and the Constitution. Because, you see, in order for the left to transform this country into a socialist fascist state, they must first destroy our Constitution, which is a very conservative document, and which the left says, with contempt, was written by old white Christian men. <laughs> that, that should define them as racist right there. Now, they, that's why they don't like the Constitution. Now, they'll give lip service to the Constitution, but they really don't like it. That's why they've been trying to destroy it for years. 
So the goal of the left is not to end racism. The goal of the left is to end the Constitution so it can be replaced with a socialist fascist state. Now remember, fascism is a form of socialism that allows capitalism to exist as long as the preferred capitalists obey the state. So why do rich capitalists support the left? Because the left will eliminate their competition and allow them to not only remain in business, but the left will increase their wealth at the same time. Therefore, it becomes good business to support those who would allow them to create a monopoly. A la Bill Gates, you know, look at uh, what's happening with Amazon. You know, look at what these uh, the Google, Google people are doing, you know. They're all working to, to, and helping the left to censor and to silence the people on the right and to vilify us and to use racism against us by calling us racist when they actually are the ones that are, are practicing racist, policy, uh, racist policies. So, if racism truly exists to the degree that the left claims, what would be the real solution? Would it be to attack racism with racism? Would that work? Nope. The answer to racism is to create people of good moral character. Now, that is something the left cannot do because good moral character is based on the morality of the Bible, and the only thing the left hates more than the Constitution is the Bible. They might give God lip service, but at the same time, they're denying his power and his laws of morality. Again, in my book, Where's the Party? The Democrat Party is 0 for 10 on the Ten Commandments. They oppose all morality of God, officially. You know, you find it in their platform. Get the book, read the book. You'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, so, does that mean we should force people to be Christians? No, because as I stated earlier, forcing leads to resentment and resistance. True good moral character is characterized by love. And it's hard to be a racist and hurt people when you love them. Just as Christ died and rose again to save the human race, we as Christians are to love the human race, and that kind of love is not predicated on the color of a person's skin. Hate is combated by love, not by more hate. That's how the left practices it. So the left says that we hate. But how can they say that when all their own policies are based on racism and hate? That's the truth of the matter, but remember, the left doesn't believe in truth. So they say we cannot hold them to that standard, and therefore, whatever they say is truth is truth, even if it goes against what God says is truth. So try as they might, the left cannot change or alter the truth, though. There are natural consequences to ignoring God's truth, and we are suffering as a nation as a result. The left doesn't have the answers, because how can they have a right answer when they don't believe right answers are possible because truth is relative to the individual. Oh, by the way, and they don't really believe it's up to the individual either. No, therefore, truth becomes what the government says it is as long as the government is a leftist one. If you truly want to combat injustice, then the best way to do so is through love and freedom. That's where we stand on the right. <laughs>